This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Maria, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you, Philip. Yeah, no, I'm really thoroughly ecstatic about the fact that we have you here. Uh, I, I've been uh, talking to Jason about you for a while. You know, it's, I don't know all the guests that come on. And uh, when I do get the chance to to talk to somebody, and there's a lot that I still have to learn, and I know that this is going to be the chance for it. But also, it's a great platform for people to get to know what some of some of the most interesting people are doing. And I don't say that lightly. Um, I think that the work that you do is genuinely fascinating. And so, before we get into all that, the traditional question here, where we kick things off, is to ask: Do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs or working professionals? What, what does the origin look like? Yeah, thanks for asking. So uh, not a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, that came later uh, that I got interested in entrepreneurship. Uh, my parents always worked hard their whole lives and um, very humble beginnings. Um, so just a, you know, regular jobs, uh, nothing too fancy, um, kind of grew from there. Okay. Now, where, so you're watching this, you're like, yeah, we all work hard. We got to make it big. Where does that really start happening for you where you're like, that's it. Like, there's no looking back. I'm going to go 100 and this is what I'm going to do to get that started. So for me, it came from, I started working when I was 15. I worked three jobs to pay my way through college because that's the only way I was going to be able to go. And I remember working in the professional world because one of my jobs was at a Fortune 100 company. So I actually had enough credits to graduate high school. So they had this work program where you could go and work in a full-time job for like a part-time type of scenario and get your feet wet a little bit. And so I actually started working my senior year in high school. And by the time I graduated college, I had five years of corporate experience on my resume. And I remember sitting at my desk and I remember just like looking around, I'm sitting in my cubicle and I wondered, is there anything more to life than this? Surely there's something more to life than just this. And that's when I just really started to explore other alternatives because I just didn't want to sit in, in a desk job for 20, 30 years. You saw that as early as possible. Yeah. And so then you made this leap. Now, this is the most important moment. And, and Jason and I have seen this moment come a few times on this show what was your vehicle did you did you have no plan and just said i'm doing it and you quit or did you start to line things up I actually line things up well in advance so the way that i got ahead was i figured you know i think you have to do something more than the bare minimum more than just your day job, more than just checking the boxes. And so I started volunteering with some different professional development groups. Um, so the Project Management Institute, I was their VP of operations for the Central Illinois chapter, three hours south of Chicago. And then I started my own agile users group to help people learn about agile project management. And I volunteered with some other organizations as well. But what really got me that first stepping stone was speaking at conferences. 
And so I have this theory that if I could speak at conferences, if I could develop my professional speaking skills, that that could help me get ahead. And it absolutely did. So the first opportunity that I had to get on a stage, I used to be terrified of it, by the way, like it was absolutely just nerve wracking. And I kept pushing through and pushing through until one day I got comfortable. And I remember the first time I was able to speak at a conference in Malmo, Sweden. It was actually for a group of the Project Management Institute as well. And they flew me there. And I remember as soon as I got back to the US, suddenly people thought I knew what I was talking about. They're like, oh, you're so important. I was like, wait, I just got on an airplane. But because I was able to speak internationally, suddenly I had more credibility. And so I started using that to book additional speaking opportunities, building a portfolio. And then fast forward several years, I was able to start my own consulting company. I see. It's funny how that happens. You might do just the right thing and your authority jumps like skyrocket. Jason talks to me about this all the time. You got to understand that dynamic, Phil. And and it really, it's something that uh, it, I think it works in interesting ways. And now I know you to do consulting. This is this is the part of the story where like I met you like around here. Right. And I mean, and well into it to make it clear. Right. So I know you to be doing this and and not just consulting companies to help them actually get things done, right? And getting their team in line. But I also know you to be innovating this idea of how to get things done through things like personal agility and things of that nature, which is like a, a take on some of the things that, that people use in tech to get things done, but then bring it into your own personal life as a, as a tool for empowerment. That's really because I'm a personal development nerd, right? So like, I, I really, I can appreciate that you're into that work, but I want to bring people up to speed on that. So what are some of the projects that you felt really started to create impact in your reputation in business, sort of like where you're like, these are milestones in my career once you hit that consulting level? Yeah. So I started off and I was working through other consulting firms, uh, was consulting downtown Chicago for several years. And my contract ended up coming to a close. And instead of renewing it or going to another opportunity, I actually turned everything down. And that can be a risky move because I didn't have anything lined up. But I had this theory again. And I thought, the more that I work for someone else, I'm not going to be able to start my thing. I'm not going to be able to go as far as I think I can go because there always seem to be constraints. Uh, there were ideas I had. I had ideas for innovations. And I often got told, no, don't do that. Just you know, keep the client happy. Keep the hundreds of thousands of dollars rolling in, right? Like keep that ha happening. Don't go out and try anything different. And I just had this intrinsic motivation to do something greater. And so what I ended up doing was looking for the opportunities where I could do something that was different. And I felt like I was confined working for one company. I was like, hey, there's these four walls. And if I'm in these four walls, I'm only making an impact with this client. And so I actually turned every other opportunity down when my contract came to a close. And interestingly enough, I was living downtown Chicago and Michigan Avenue and my rent, they, I was up for renewal for my lease and they tried jacking up my rent by quite a bit. And I was like, man, I mean, I know living on Michigan Avenue is not that cheap. Right. And I was like, well, this is not good because I don't have any consulting job anymore. I, I didn't renew. And now my rent's going up. This is not going to work. So I didn't renew my apartment. So I actually started selling my things. I got, I had a couple suitcases I would travel with. I got a storage unit and I just started traveling on one-way tickets. And I actually did that for five years. And so I started booking through my network by attending conferences, uh, booking different speaking opportunities, traveling throughout Europe and Asia. And by doing that, I cut 
every single limiter that there was. There was no more limitation. It was, I can go anywhere. Okay, well, where do you need me to be? Right, Singapore, Thailand, India, right? Shanghai. And so as I traveled, I just was networking, 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 building my portfolio. And I did this with speaking. And I'd already been speaking at these different conferences leading up to this point. So then when I started my main company, Formula Inc., the idea is that most everything in life is a formula. You don't have to completely reinvent the wheel. You just have to figure out what steps to take, follow through, ink it in on paper. It's ink with a K and follow through with those steps. And so I actually was able to leverage that as I did corporate training. And then that led to other consulting and coaching opportunities as well. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm starting to get somewhere here. So uh, there, there's this interesting thread of public speaking that you went through, right? And now most people have this ambition of public speaking and yet like, they probably don't have anything to say right now. The, the thread here is that you're speaking to people about project management, agile, scrum, all of these things. What is it that smaller businesses seem to miss that these heavily funded startups and bigger enterprise companies seem to get right? Because I feel like there's a learning moment here that can take place from somebody who legitimately spends a lot of time talking about this that maybe we can start to bring into the fold here. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at any company and as a serial entrepreneur, I've had my fair share of uh, different ventures and it's not easy. And you come out the gate with a lot of enthusiasm, but you need some kind of system or process to be able to stay organized, to scale, to make what you're doing repeatable. And so when you look at an agile approach, specifically the Scrum framework, which is the most commonly used agile approach, it's about 66% of companies that are using agile are using the Scrum framework. And that's the state of agile survey by digital AI. Every year they survey people and see which methodologies or frameworks people are using. And the tagline for Scrum is how to do twice the work in half the time. And so whenever I try to explain what I do to people and they're like, Maria, what do you do? And I start to talk about an iterative development framework. Like they're like, I, I don't even just stop, right? They don't, they don't quite pick it up immediately, but I would say help people do twice the work in half the time. Everybody says, I need that. I could use that. And so really what a lot of these big companies are doing and a lot of the clients I work with are Fortune 100 from IBM, Microsoft, Bank of America, PricewaterhouseCoopers on a global scale, the biggest companies in the world are using this approach because they recognize that for them to get that edge, for them to be more efficient, more effective, that's going to help them maintain their market share. And so what some of these newer startups might not realize is that you can use a proven framework such as the Scrum framework, which is the most commonly used agile approach. And it's a system that works, that's been proven time and time again. And if you get your team working in this collaborative way, focusing on a minimum viable product, and then constantly inspecting and adapting to continuously improve, that's going to help you be more effective in anything you're doing, whether you have a product or a service or whatever industry that you happen to be in. So these concepts apply across industries, uh, across geographic locations for any type of business. I love this specifically because when you said scale, that's when I knew the moment of gold hit because Jason loves scale. That's what he's all about. That's the work that he does. That's what he's looking for. So now that we've had this whole picture painted and we said the magic words, I want to bring Jason into the fold here and ask him his reflections so far on what we've been able to unfold from your journey. You got the game, I can tell, very much so. <laughs> um, you know, because I'm around this my whole life. This is like, I live and breathe this. And I, I can instantly tell when, 
you know, somebody's out there on the bleeding edge like I am, right? And a lot of people don't want to live out there. And I'm not saying it's the best place to live, but uh, you don't want to live there too long. But uh, if you're going to innovate, you got to be out on the bleeding edge for sure. And kind of going back to what you said about speaking when you first, and, and you got off that plane and it was like, oh my God, you know what you're talking about, right? It's, uh, it's interesting how that stuff is perceived, isn't it? And, Absolutely. And, and how one little thing that, that you decided to take that one step and step out on that bleeding edge and go do that one thing, how it changed everything. And that's how usually it works. And people, many business owners, they just, they get so comfortable in the, you know, leading edge of things, maybe. But that's not where innovation lives, right? And they get really comfortable there. And then there is no more adaptability. There is no more being agile anymore. And then everything just kind of, it, it's like all the cogs just stop, right? Innovation stops, you know, people get in their comfort zone. You can't push the staff any farther. They're, no, they're, they're just used to their nine to five, get the check, punch out, done and done. And, you know, my curiosity, and I don't usually ask questions. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> my curiosity with what you do in the companies you work with is how do you see that dynamic of C-suite and, C-suite and uh, like lower level management? What is that relationship looking like today? Because you're seeing it today in those companies, the bigger companies. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting because the more that leadership empowers the teams and gets on board mm -hmm. and understands the mindset shift and the changes, and really it's a more empowering approach to work where, you know, we hire these experts, but then we tell them exactly what to do. And we give them these very narrow lanes of job descriptions and people stay in the lane and there's there's not innovation. There's just, let me do um, the creation of the widget, right? That I was hired to do. Mm -hmm. And you don't get that exponential growth. And a lot of these companies, they want to have high performing teams. That's why they move toward agile. But the challenge often comes in when the teams aren't empowered. I mean, teams are made up of people and the people are often running into challenges or roadblocks and nobody's listening. And without that feedback loop in the organization, it can be really challenging. So when we don't have that leadership support, when you have the managers that don't understand what this change has to do with, you know, how they fit into the change and you have people with resistance, that can be just a recipe for a lot of clunkiness, right? Like things mm. aren't moving more efficiently or more effectively. What we tend to see when leaders get it, when they understand, when they empower the teams, when they create room, we see amazing opportunities. And for example, uh, one of the first companies that I worked with, it was the enterprise server release Windows and Unix server upgrades. And we were able to go from two releases to three releases a year, streamline the process, offshore the work to an offshore team and free up our onsite people for more strategic work. And we were able to save $1.5 million of passive residual cost savings. Like every single year we had this recurring cost savings just by streamlining the project. 
because the leadership empowered the team, allowed us to do it, was open to new ideas, was open to exploring different models of working. Most recently, I've been working with a HIPAA-compliant patient engagement platform in the Tampa Bay area, and we hit a three-year roadmap in one year's timeline and had a $35 million valuation in one year during the pandemic. And so that's what happens when the leadership empowers the team, when they have that collaborative approach, that servant leadership style, and really can help the team, allow them to do what their creativity and what their skill sets really are, rather than keeping people in their lanes and keeping everything rigid with rigid planning. Uh, It's really allowing people to step up and be creative and bring their best. Yeah, man, you are singing to my heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's real. I'm Maria's the real deal. And I think the the way you said that was so important. And I want to make sure that I that I say it right mm-hmm. here. But you said we hire experts and then tell them exactly what to do. And it happens every day, consistently. I, I used to tell people something very similar where I said. Uh, people would complain that, uh, you know, they're smarter than their boss, but, you know, I should be, I should be running this company. I'm smarter than my boss. Yeah. But you're not the one with all the risk. Right. And of course you're smarter than them since when would someone ever hire someone not smarter than them to get something done. Right. (laughs) So both sides of that equation are often not able to see the full picture, but that's what your expertise and, and and again and Jason too this ability to scale to move large groups of people under this current of culture that just gets things done which is crazy to say in business I can't believe it's that hard to get things done and people make it harder than it has to be and yet here we are having to to enlighten people one step at a time uh, through the power of conversation I mean it's no different than when you go public speaking this is why you're constantly speaking to crowds because it's that prevalent of an issue. And I'm, I'm happy to hear, I mean, we were talking about this before, but you're currently traveling right now, still doing this. It's insane. I mean, how do you get things done? Cause I, I imagine this is where you've taken that same model and began to create it internally in your own personal life with this thing that you've coined a personal agility, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I was just in Lisbon, Portugal for the last week, and I was actually emceeing the World Agility Forum and the Experience Agile and Agile Human Factors conference series. And it was absolutely amazing because we had some really large companies and CEOs that are doing things right. Uh, We had the CEO from General Electric there, uh, from Roche Pharmaceuticals. That's about $60 in revenue. Uh, We had uh, someone, the director of digital operations from Lego and uh, head partners and consultants from Bain and McKinsey. And I was sharing the stage with these incredible thought leaders and what they were sharing is how they've been able to apply these practices at scale at a large organization, which is absolutely incredible to hear those success stories when it's done right. And now currently in Paris, uh, working with uh, one of my business partners here, and we're actually consulting a Web3 platform. Uh, It's based on NFT infrastructure, and we're going to be able to help people create their own digital economy uh, by leveraging uh, NFTs and non-fungible tokens uh, backed on the blockchain. So uh, it's really exciting to see what's possible. And you probably could guess this, Philip, but the way I do all of these things is I literally apply agile 
to everything that I do. And that's how I'm able to be more so effective and get all of these things achieved that I have. And, you know, when it comes to speaking, when it comes to uh, launching my own consulting company, when it comes to launching the Agile Marketing Academy or the Personal Agility Institute, I applied Agile each and every time and it's rinse and repeat because it works. And so, you know, this concept of personal agility, it's the same foundations as the agile principles that you would apply with a team, but it's customized for an individual because you don't have a whole team. You don't have all of the roles. You don't have, you know, multiple people. And so if you want to really focus on what really matters and what it is that you want to achieve by applying these agile techniques, it can help you achieve it in record speed. And, you know, even as far as this is pretty random, but about six years ago, I was speaking at a conference in Philly and Alistair Coburn, he's one of the co-authors of the Agile Manifesto. And it was his Heart of Agile conference. And the conference organizers forgot to book evening entertainment. And he's like, this simply won't do. We must have music. The networking party is where everybody remembers and has a great time. And so he said, hey, Maria, Nick, can you guys DJ or something? And Nick's my business partner at the Agile Marketing Academy. And he used to run a creative incubator in Chicago. And he said, if you ever run an event space, you're going to have to learn how to DJ because the DJ is not going to show up sometime and someone's (laughs) got to play the music. He's like, hey, Maria, you want to DJ? I'm like, yes, maybe. I don't know. Never thought about that. And we conference bought us some gear. My first time DJing was in front of a couple hundred people and it was a little nerve wracking, but it was kind of cool. And Nick found us a standing gig in the warehouse district in St. Pete, Florida. And I started traveling. And as I was traveling, I was in Singapore, ran into conference organizers for an event in Munich, Germany, two weeks later, stopped at the Experience Agile event in Portugal, because every year in between. And I ran into these conference organizers and they're like, Maria, um, how have you been? And I said, oh, you're, you're going to get a kick out of this. I just DJed this conference in Philly. And they said, do you want to DJ in Munich? And I was like, don't play with my emotions. And, but I didn't have any of the gear because I, I hadn't planned on it. So I just went out and bought all new gear in Munich. And I had a DJ flyer created and I just showed up to the conference party. IBM was sponsoring it, 750 people there. And it was no music. It was crickets. And they're like, Maria, if you can figure out the PA system, you can DJ. And I was like, got on the mic. Does anyone know how to plug in this uh, mic system? And my time DJ, first time DJing international was actually routed through the wireless mic through my DJ decks is how <laughs> we did it. And like it went from there to fast forward to last year, I DJed the pregame for the Super Bowl when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won in Tampa and DJed the pregame for the Lightning who won the Stanley Cup and also the Formula One races in Miami. And I do project management consulting, but I did that because <laughs> I applied agile to a hobby and made it larger than life. And I don't know if you know this, Philip, but I'm actually releasing an album soon and we're going to launch the album. (laughs) Yep. Uh, We actually just performed three of the songs in Lisbon at the uh, conference networking event the last day. And we're going to launch the songs at NFTs as well. I mean, I knew it. I'm I'm not surprised. You know, it's funny. (laughs) The only other person I know doing that many things, well, there's two, right? There's you, there's Ben and and Jason as well. He's got like 12 businesses and, you know, I'm doing what I can with like one operation. And so when I hear people that could just, you know, just keep moving and, and, you know, I, I've, I've worked with you and learned a lot from working with you about how this works, you know, and just cause you know, the material doesn't mean, you know, how to apply it to your life. And that's one of the things I appreciate most of like you being a literal leader an example of how to do those things. You know, that that's just a fact. That's why before this call got started, I, I told, you know, I was like, she's a badass because you are because you're going to tell me that, you know, many people who start off. I mean, 
just with your origin story, go into consulting, right? Then decide to go out on their own. And then from there, launch multiple companies and DJ and release out, like, come on, all in the tech space. Like, it's just, for me, it's just a story that shows, like, like you said, with Formula Inc., right? Everything has a process and you just need to figure out the steps in order to accomplish it. And then you can ship. And for me, I mean, you're living proof of that, which is, it's like, you don't find many people who can say, yeah, I did that. And here's how I did it and do it in a way where then people can take those steps and go replicate and go, oh shit, that really is how you do it. That's what excited me so much about being able to have this conversation and have you here. So if you had a bottom line, like this is, this is the advice I would give to people. Before you do that, I want to, I want to address something that you said, and that is, People ask me that question all the time. How do you do it? And you said it. You keep moving, right? You keep moving all the time and you never stop. The difference between innovators and people that forget how to innovate is they stop moving. They stop doing the next thing, right? I get bored really fast and I decide, well, shit, I'm going to start to be the president of a magazine next week. And then I start something else or I write another book or I do this or buy another company just because I need more shit to do. Right. And then because I get bored, but I always have to be innovating and that's how my mind works. And the key is, is you keep moving all the time. You never, ever stop because I swear I swear if I stopped, I'd probably have a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. that's a we key, don't want that. We key. don't want no. that. Yeah. No. No, it's, it's a good point on the momentum because it's yeah. that motion. It's the energy in motion. And there's also a concept of learning inertia. So when we look at, let's say we have a software developer and he wants to learn a new coding language. Well, if he's at home and learns how to play the guitar, his mind and, and his brain and how it's working, there's this learning inertia that's happening. And that's going to be easier for him to learn a new coding language because he's in that learning mode. It's like if you're looking for um, you know, a red car, you're talking about red cars, you start seeing red cars everywhere. Like you're looking for that opportunity as you're learning, you're opening up new neural pathways. And the more that you're open to learning, the more that you're in that motion, it's going to create even more opportunity. Yeah, we had this theme running earlier, like somehow for some reason you could be struggling and then the minute you get your first win, all of a sudden more wins start to pile up because you start winning more because you were winning, which is probably explains why like, you know, sometimes when you're broke, you keep getting more broke until you start making money and then you start to start making way more money. That's just this weird thing that happens in the universe. Uh, so coming back to the question I wanted to ask what is your bottom line? Like, look, if I had to leave you with one thing, cause we're not even close to being done yet, but if you had to leave people with one thing before they, before they go any further, what would that one thing be? The one thing that I would recommend for people is get clarity on what you want so that you can take action. Because if you don't know what you want, we often find ourselves in a rinse and repeat scenario where we're going through the motions. We have our patterns, we have our habits, we have the things we do each and every day, every week, every month. And if you continue doing those things and personal agility, we call what you've done the breadcrumb trail. And so if you keep going on that path, you're probably going to get more of the same. And so the question I want to ask is, you know, do you have clarity on what you really want, what you want to achieve? Because that's the first step being aware of, 
are you on your path and purpose? And if not, then you have the opportunity to make a change and start taking different action. Yeah. Well, one of the hardest questions for many people to answer is, well, what do you want? I've been there myself a number of times when I thought I knew what I wanted. And then I found out, well, that really wasn't it. Then it's like, well, so then what I what do I want? <laughs> well, and that's okay though, Philip, because you're still stepping forward. And so even if you find something that you don't ultimately want or you thought you wanted, but you're like, ah, that's not it, that's okay because you just need to pivot. So now you learn something else that you maybe didn't love, but you probably picked up some skills. You probably are more advanced than you were when you started that. And so it's have you ever had the, a moment where you feel like, I feel like I've been preparing for this moment my whole life. Right. right. And it's like, you're like, wow, I get to use this talent and this talent and this skill and this skill all in one. And you realize that if you really trace it back, oh, I picked up this over here and that over there. And because you've taken those steps, even if you found something like, is IT project management my passion in life? I'm not sure, <laughs> but I do love helping people. I'm really good at it. I love helping people achieve their dreams. I love helping people launch that business, get to market faster, be successful, be happier with themselves. And so that's just an, an avenue for helping people. And so even if it's not the be all end all of what you want, of what you're doing, can that help you create the life you want? Can you bring in enough revenue in your day job that you can, you can live a dream in your hobbies, that you can create the lifestyle that you enjoy with your family, with your friends? And so even if you can't figure out what that is, I just want to encourage people to keep taking those steps forward because eventually you'll land there, or at least you'll learn along the way. So I'm a keen observer of human behavior, and I always like to point out key moments of when behavior is what matters, right? When when attitude is what matters, right? Like I presented a certain scenario and very, very unlike any entrepreneur who's worth their salt, you immediately go, that's great. You found out what you don't want, right? Like like most people, when they hit that, they're like, oh, well, I guess it's a failure. And you're like, what are you talking? You're just getting started. And that And that's that's like the attitude, the behavior of a real successful, true mover and shaker, right? An entrepreneur is the ability to go, great. Well, I know that I don't want that, but that's the best part about it. Now that I pick this, this, and this up, but now I can go move on to the next thing. This like, just gives you more gas when you're a real entrepreneur. Whereas like when you're not, it, you could, you're faced with the fact that you're like, oh, well, now I don't want to do anything. That's how you know you're not an entrepreneur and you may be better off being an individual contributor at a larger organization until you find that thing that gives you more gas because it didn't work out. And you start feeling like, like you said, the breadcrumb trail where it's starting to piece together. So with that said, uh, I want to take a quick break before we continue, because this conversation is really cooking up now. If at all, I'd like people to into consideration that there are people out there, just like Maria, what she does at higher levels, right? There's also people like Kelly Gordon with Cyberpreneur Inferno, who help people sort of deal with that burnout cycle when you're stuck and you thought you were going to have this agency and it was supposed to give you more money and more time. And then you ended up getting less of those and even more stress, right? And so one thing you can do is actually work with Cyberpreneur Inferno and Kelly because she puts together about a hundred other entrepreneurs that are doing things the right way with systems and processes, not unlike an agile scrum methodology, like we were talking about today, that will help you actually save on those 10,000 hours that you'd otherwise be using up and banging your head against the wall trying to get it right. Or you can just team up with the right people, get the SOPs you need, and immediately within almost like 100 days, according to the way they've been mapping it out, 
get you right where you want to be as an agency owner. So if that sounds like something that you've been trying to do and launching your agency and getting it done in record time, then all you have to do is hit up uh, Kelly Gordon and you can go to uh, get.cyberpreneurinferno.com forward slash the four by four method and just put war room 15 and they'll know that we sent you and that's a 15% off the tuition. So with that said, let's get back to the story here. Maria, I am so stoked that I learned a lot of things about you I didn't know before. Uh, and, you know, I had my own suspicions of like your origin story and how much you had to overcome because I've had the pleasure of knowing you for a hot minute now. But uh, it never ceases to amaze me how much more you can learn about somebody who never stops learning. Just when you thought you knew who they were, you could be just one month different and you wouldn't even recognize a person anymore if they're really an entrepreneur. That's, that's what's crazy, right? And while you're still running the other things you were building, you're already doing new things. So I have to ask, are you doing any more speaking engagements or have you going away from that and focus? I know you have the app coming out, right? But that's like, that's you just being a badass and turning your hobby into a business. So, so what, what are you mainly focused and excited about right now? Yeah, thanks for asking. So I've been asking myself for a while, like, how do I reach more people? Which is kind of a funny thing to say, because in 2017, I mean, when I got rid of my place in Chicago, I had no home to go back to. So I just traveled onward. And so I traveled through about 80 cities in 15 countries just in that year alone. And sometimes I'd average two to three cities in a week, average of seven cities in a month. I'm aware there's only four weeks in a month and uh, it was a little bit tiring. However, that's how I was able to build my global network. And yet I still feel like I'm not making as big of an impact as I could. And so a couple of things I'm looking at now is how can we have strategic partnerships and also take our training classes and our globally accredited certification courses and create micro-credentials and micro-learning and make it more consumable and easier for people. So one of the projects we're working on right now is to help veterans and help them apply personal agility, which is a proven framework. We have been documenting case studies. I have a book that's about to launch within the next month. Uh, It's launching through the Business Agility Institute uh, based out of Australia. And it's essentially talking about how you can apply these agile techniques to your life to do more of what matters. We've got several case studies on how people have gotten incredible results in business, in their lives, uh, and some veterans as well transitioning out of the military. And so we're looking at how we can help make a positive change and a positive impact uh, for veterans that are transitioning out uh, to reduce the amount of suicide that happens, uh, to help really make a meaningful impact for the people that have served our country for so long. And then also looking at uh, with the Agile Marketing Academy, we're scaling uh, to other trainers. And so I'm really excited that we're working with an AI sales software that has been absolutely incredible. It's called WooSender. And it has completely changed my business. It actually saved my business during the pandemic because we went from 90% in-person training, B2B, to shifting to everything being virtual which hadn't really been done before in my industry because the classes that I was doing had always been uh, in person and we were had to figure out how to convert it to be virtual. And so being able to switch to a completely different market B2C was a huge shift. And so just this AI sales software helped me completely transform and keep my business afloat to where we made more money during the pandemic than the year before after being in business 10 years. And so we're now looking at different software solutions we can pair with the Agile Marketing Academy curriculum. Um, so it's really helping people on a grander scale, uh, helping different groups of people. And uh, we're also partnering with some universities to be able to offer our training curriculums through the universities as well. 
Wow. <laughs> just like, yes, again, you said some really things that I think hit home for Jason being a veteran himself for more than 20 years plus. So I, I've, I've got to give the floor to him to, to just touch on that. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime veterans can be brought into the, the business space is something that's very near and dear to my heart. I've you know, wrote a lot of books and we've sold a lot of books and we give all the proceeds to Homes for Heroes. Been doing that for years. And obviously it's a soft spot for me. So I look forward to having a little bit of a conversation after this podcast, because (laughs) I I have some interesting things to share with you when it comes to many of those things for sure. But that even gets my attention even more when it comes to the veteran side of things. And I'm grateful that you're doing that for sure. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It's important work. Yeah. My dad was a veteran and I just have an immense amount of respect for the people that have served our country. And I feel like the more that we can help them and give back is absolutely just, it's important. Man. I I mean, again, anybody who's been listening to this conversation and not asleep at the wheel has to be able to, to just see how much more we could be capable of, right? A lot of the times business owners will get so caught in the weeds of what they're doing and not letting go and delegating things and and building a team because they don't trust it. Well, guess what? There are methodologies. There are proven things that people have done to be able to open up the floodgates, freeing you, the visionary, the entrepreneur to do more. And all you have to do is reflect back on this, rewind this entire conversation and listen again, because Maria dropped the gems there. Right. So if people did want to get a hold of you, where would you invite them to go, Maria? Yes. So you can reach me at findmaria.com and link through to all my social media. I got to get a URL just like that. Sometimes it gets all all complex. I mean, you hear hear some of the URLs we drop. It's that easy. Who am I looking to find? Find (laughs) findmaria.com. That's pretty slick, actually. (laughs) Thank you. That's agile. That's yeah, it, it was after too many radio interviews where I tried to spell Maria Mattarelli.com. M-A-T-A-R. All right. We got, got to get something simpler. Oh, man. Yes. That's pretty amazing. I, I like that. <laughs> Everyone's going to borrow that. Yeah. Please do. So, I got tricks for days, Philip. Tricks for days. I, I know this. I know this. Efficiency, power, you know, getting things done. Uh, so we're about to hit the grand finale, right? And we're about to go there. So I just want to take one more because this is what we do. Just one more chance, uh, to give another shout out to someone who made like this amazing conversation possible with you. Right. And that company is Stillwater Hemp, uh, with Melanie Costin and they run a sort of self-care CBD, uh, uh, store where they have, you know, essential oils and whether you've got the achy bones or you just can't sleep, they've got all the products you're looking for, including some for your furry family members. If you have dogs, cats, things of that nature. And if you're like auntie, I don't want any of that. They also have some that are CBD free that are just nice, smell great and actually help you with the very same thing. And they have both in-store locations and you can also order online. In fact, if you're looking to be able to private label things because you were listening to this, all you have to do is type in war room as you knew, as you know, as they get done, when you go to a website and you heard it from the podcast, they'll give you 10% off just and a hundred dollars off actually if you're going the private label route just because you're listening to this because that's what business owners do and 
I'm so grateful that we get a chance to learn from people like Maria because people like Melanie and Kelly Gordon from earlier are helping us put this down. So with that said, Maria, uh, I'm about to go into the grand finale. So before I do, I want to check in with Jason. Jason, any questions, concerns? <laughs> let's, let's do it. Let's do okay. the grand I'm, I'm excited to hear this answer. Maria, if you could have invited anybody dead or alive to be here today to listen back on your journey and the learnings and the teachings that you've dropped here, who would you have invited and why? Yeah. So if I had someone that I could invite, I would invite Tony Robbins. I think that he's done an incredible job being able to reach the masses with a lot of really powerful concepts and inspiration. And, you know, I I often look and I say, you know, how many female role models are there like Tony out there? And I come up with maybe a handful, but not that many. And so I want to be that inspiration for people. I want to show women that they can step forward and they can, you know, be whoever they want to be in business. It was not easy coming up the ranks in IT project management, proving myself over and over, being underestimated, you know, you know, people thinking I didn't have what it took over and over. And so I just want to break barriers, show other people can be done and inspire others on that same type of level. That's a fact. I mean, and you're definitely on that level. I, I personally, I personally am a fan. Uh, I personally have also learned a lot from you uh, outside of this. So that's why I was excited to be able to get a chance to introduce you to the SAB community as they're listening. And for any of them that were doubting, I mean, that's how much potential is out there, how much opportunity and how much development in yourself that you can bring out. It is tradition right here for Jason to close us out. So I'm gonna let him do that. Uh, but Maria, I, I'm just so glad we finally got a chance to do this. Yeah. Thank you, Philip. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, I meet a lot of people and I I'm a pretty good judge of character and I, you, you definitely walk the walk and, and it's kind of became a little rare nowadays, I must say. Um, sort of <laughs> with a lot of the conversations that I have and, you know, I'm looking forward to continue to watch where you're going and the things that you're doing and you're, uh, you could be my sister. We're just constantly moving all the time. Right. And to, to me, that's what it takes. That's if you truly want to leave a footprint on the world, not a legacy, a footprint. Those are two very different things. If you want to leave a footprint on the world, you got to be a mover and a shaker and you got to shake the earth and you got to shake the trees and, and you have to be willing to put yourself out there and do the good. And that takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of time, but together as a community, we can build that and we'll never get there on our own. But if we lock arms together, we'll get there far faster. So thanks for being on the show. I know it's late your time over there in Paris. And uh, thanks for taking the time to be here for this. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.